podcast at Dawn's house because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we are talking about Babysitter's Club number 18, Marianne's Bad Luck Mystery. Uh, what did you guys remember about this before rereading? Like, nothing. I think I had this vague notion of like, wasn't there something to do with a chain letter? Really, but mm. I would not have bet money that there was. Um, I remembered absolutely nothing about this book whatsoever. As I read it, many bits rang some bells, but really this book just erased itself from my mind. It was a <laughs> non-entity of an experience for me, I think, when Aww. I was, uh, when I was 11 or 12. Like, it wasn't bad reading it now, but I, it was apparently really forgettable. I remembered a bunch of this, actually, because, um, I, so I saw cats when I was about eight uh, and it was a very formative experience. Um, and so I was like, Oh, you know, actually, I think I had, no, I read this book before I saw cats and then I saw cats like probably a year or two afterwards and was like, Whoa, I see what they were talking about when Marianne and Logan go to the dance and they're dressed up as cats. That must have been amazing. Oh my God. Um, so, and I, I specifically, before going into it, I was like, oh, this is the one with the line about, oh, I've never driven anywhere with cat people in the backseat. <laughs> um, and I remembered a couple of other bits about, yeah, the, um, the bad luck charm and the, uh, um, the elaborate pranks. And yeah, I think I remembered this one quite well. This is, this one was a bit of fun. Like, yeah, literally the only thing I remembered was, I've never driven anywhere with cat people in the back seat. Or sorry, mm. I've never driven anywhere with cat people in the back seat. <laughs> As Anne M. Martin writes it, this is not my fault. Uh, but I had no idea which book it was from. Um, so uh-huh. I was like, yeah, kind of when, when I get to the bit where they dress up as cats, I was like, oh, this is the cat people book. But yeah, similarly, I didn't actually know if I'd read it before. Um, I thought I might have mm-hmm. just skipped this one. <laughs> it, it erased itself. There was some specific stuff about the um, costumes and things uh, and the bad luck charm in particular that meant I realised pretty soon that this was that particular book. Uh, but I, I was like, I remembered the line and then I was like, I'm not going to try and pronounce that. <laughs> I was just setting myself up for failure. So, um, Do you know what? The one yeah. thing uh, Anna Martin's insistence on doing I dialect for um, Logan and his family, the one thing that that has done to me, and I will, yeah, it has done this to me, is I can't read the name of that town in Kel- Kentucky without <laughs> saying Louisville in my head. Like, I can't. It's like somewhere in my head I've gone, that's how you say that. And I I struggle to say Louisville. Because yeah. my head's like, but it's correctly pronounced Louisville. <laughs> hey guys, Louisville. Is, it, is it just me or have you, like, learned just an awful lot about where your worldviews came from by revisiting <laughs> these books and yeah. talking over them in detail. I'm like, God, that's where that preconception is yeah. from. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, and you know, that's where I learned about this particular thing. In this one, it was chain letters, I think. Ah. Um, I think there was some chain letter type of stuff going around. Actually, I think my folks intercepted a chain letter that I'd got and were just like binned it straight away <laughs> without I, me even knowing that there was any kind of superstitions attached to this. They were like, no, get rid of it. <laughs> me being older, when I read I was like 11, you were really, really little. Um, mm-hmm. I had already encountered my mother 
saying chain letters are a load of nonsense mm-hmm. and giving out about them. So like I understood. And then we got to that when I was around the age I was reading this was around the age that someone at school would write a chain letter and try to get it started. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think my parents got sent. Oh, no, I, I got like a an email version that threatened I'd be like run over by a truck if I didn't forward it. I, um, I got remember. several copies of it, but I don't think I sent it on. I remember a lot of those going around and it's like, I thought you were supposed to like send a paper version anonymously and then nobody knows it's you, but yeah. email kind of like, yeah. unless you as a nine-year-old have multiple secret sock puppet email accounts. <laughs> you, <laughs> oh, and they're so boring. Oh, and there, yeah. there was just so much forwarded email crap, like back the in the time, early days. <laughs> I, by the time I had email, like I'm talking, I was one hundred and sixteen, so I was just like, yeah, delete that, um, <laughs> delete that. Um, but yeah, I mean, now these days, after my mother would be like, oh, chain letters are a load of nonsense. Now I'm the one responding to her forwarded WhatsApp messages, going, okay, mum. So <laughs> here's why I think this is probably not true. <laughs> right firstly yeah oh good times yeah um, to be fair she listens <laughs> that's pretty good yeah yeah i think this is one this is a classic um the girls scare themselves silly because they like drama book. yes um there is a kind of a sinister aspect to bits yeah. of it yeah <laughs> um, it like a like a genuinely not haha everybody's freaked out over possibly supernatural stuff it, the bit that I found kind of problematic was Christy and the group think. Like, yes, and they're the, all so scared of Christy. They're all so scared of Christy. That was hilarious. I was laughing at this going, yeah, but she's 13. Could you imagine? Yep. She's small for her age. She looks about 11 now. Just imagine it. <laughs> I know. Mm. She she must just have the most intimidating like energy to her. <laughs> yes. It's hilarious. Yeah. I Christy's mean, with terrifying the- auras. <laughs> Some of the scenes I could just see Netflix Netflix adaptation, Christy. Yeah. Mm. They cast her very well. Like yes. very few actresses that age, I think, could, could carry on being you not so intimidating. Yeah. Um, um, I'm really I really hope that the show gets this far because I really want to see her just chew the scenery in this. This would be a good one for yeah. that. Like it it's there's nothing that obviously needs to be like seriously That's revamped yeah. just the usual traditional use of the word exotic to describe Claudia which is just that's yeah. the word. It's apparently mandatory. And of course, the mention of how, well, they had a very hard time, the Ramses did, when they moved to Stony Brook, mm-hmm. because they were the only black family in the neighbourhood. There aren't many in the whole town. But I mean, it's all fine now. The racism has gone away somehow. Yes. That will be in every book. We so. saved yes. them, so it's fine. Uh, it's fine. They, Jesse made one friend at school, sorted. Yep. I, I think we're supposed to sort of um, accept that they have been brought under the... Um, the sort of the wing of the babysitters club. Um, so they're the, under the the protection of Christy now. So the and we're not going to have an, dare go near them. Yeah, yeah. the racist eleven year old boys in a different grade <laughs> who definitely know who Christy is wouldn't Everyone dare knows anymore. Who Christy is. Yeah, Compared, they probably actually do. <laughs> Maybe that is it. Maybe the whole town is so scared they can't be racist anymore. I, I don't know if that's true. Hey, whatever works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Christy uh, doesn't scare them out of a Karen will. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And Marianne, as we have established, will cut her bitch. So mm-hmm. they've got all the bases covered. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's an interesting kind of conflict between Christy and Marianne. So Marianne yeah. is kind of the... the oh, I suppose we should go through the, the plot. That's probably we? should yeah. go through <laughs> the interesting conflict between Christy and Marianne. So yes. yeah, chapter... This gives two chapters to telling you who everyone is and what oh, the babysitter stuff is, oh. I know. Yeah, that, that was starting to happen. I noticed that a couple of books ago and I was like, oh God, yeah, there used to be two bits I had to skip. Um, yeah. And yes, definitely this is why Ghostwriters. And there's like a little bit of plot in there as well. So you're like having to skim real hard. Yeah, yeah. you can't absolutely <laughs> skip it. So yes, chapter one, here's who everybody is. Stacy moved to New York. Uh, Don... They every book now they tell us that Dawn is an individual, um, and that she does what she wants and doesn't care what anyone thinks. We haven't actually seen her do anything particularly unusual, like ever, aside from eating <laughs> cottage cheese. Like, is this is like that just what they mean? We we can't pigeonhole her fashion sense, so yeah, that's literally what that means. I think. I think, yeah. like we've talked a bit about Dawn having very clever solutions to things um is this what we're supposed to maybe be taking away from the fact that like she um she got around christy pretty (laughs) early on and that is no small achievement (laughs) that's true (laughs) Uh, i'm I'm guessing it's just that she's not as caught up as say marianne or jesse and mallory and um, jesse and mallory are in terms of what do the other kids think of me I suppose and she's not as into fashion and yeah. mm. what do I look like as Claudia is and she's not insisting on bending the world to her will like Christy. I suppose. <laughs> pretty much makes her kind of chill and she's just going to go with it and she doesn't really care if other people aren't delighted with her choices because they're guess. all 13 like her. I the description wonder. just kind of like sets her up as this magnificent eccentric and then she's we, just She just normal. eats tofu. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, yeah. I, I'm wondering, is this a bit like the Jenny Prezioso phenomenon where we were told multiple books in advance that she was a brat? Yeah. Um, but there wasn't a huge amount of it on display. And then when we actually needed a brat for narrative purposes, she was so bratty. <laughs> and is it like sooner or later, um, <laughs> just, <laughs> there's going to be like babysitters club number 57, Dawn builds a yurt. <laughs> you know, Maybe, I yeah. don't. I don't remember ever seeing Dawn being tr- super individual. I-, I think I like what they did with her in the Netflix show. Oh, yes, yeah, she's, she's a lot quirkier in the Netflix show and I adore Netflix her. Netflix brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, so we got a long, tedious description of who everyone is and that Logan is eating lunch with the girls now. Um, and that Koki Mason, who's finally <gasps> turned up. Yes. And her hench <laughs> girls are pointing and glaring at them. And they get creeped out. And mm-hmm. uh, also Marianne reflects on how they've ditched the Shillaber twins, who are now pulling heists with a pair of boy twins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, they were always a personality-less void, so that's fine. Yep, exactly. Honestly, my favourite thing in that whole lunch description is uh, Marianne kind of saying, you know, like how Christy is like going, going, going all the time. Sometimes I just want to say to her, give it a rest, Christy. <laughs> I'm like... You should, Marianne. Yeah, Marianne is like, uh, for all that, like, Christy is terrifying in this one, Marianne seems to have a bit more 
distance on Christy's nonsense mm-hmm. in this one. Yes, she really does. Yeah. I, to be honest, I think Marianne has always, while being intimidated by Christy and going along with her, has always known when it's known that it's bullshit too. <laughs> and she yeah. will occasionally call Christy on it in a way that I think most of the others no. don't do. Aside from Jesse. <laughs> I like Jesse a lot. Yeah. Uh, yes. Jesse just does not give any fucks about Christy. <laughs> very refreshing <laughs> oh um yeah I, i'm enjoying jesse's just general vibe we don't get that much of her in this um yeah. but i feel like she's she and mal are a really nice foil for one another because mallory is like this this book smart dreamer um and jesse has the logic <laughs> to yeah. like sort of rein her in so um yeah they're gonna go far i don't know yeah. about the rest <laughs> So uh, yeah, next chapter yeah. they have a meeting and Marianne explains what the Babysitter's Club is, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. most importantly, uh, in her mailbox, she finds a letter. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that whole thing about how much you love, she loves checking the mailbox. I remember <laughs> reading going, this has never rung true with me at any stage in my life ever. Like if there was a letter for me, that was cool. But just... Being excited to see anything in the mailbox, getting like catalogs and coupons and the local newspaper in your mail, like that doesn't happen. Stop. We also see Although them. Then I moved to here and there's like two free weekly papers that do get put through the door. So we use we- them for the rabbit's leisure drive. <laughs> we have seen them reading the free newspaper or the know, probably yeah. paid newspaper. I like mean, it's Angry Pink goes hog wild. Yeah, as Angry you know? Pink goes hog wild, you'd be this excited is- too. A yeah, very good. dull town, notwithstanding the large number of jewel heists and, <laughs> you know, also, missing Marianne persons with amnesia. Until a, a year ago, had a very small, very boring life. So it's true. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, that explains it. Yeah. It, it reminds me of two little girls who used to babysit. They were far younger than Marianne, so they didn't really go out of their house for much because they were like two and four. Mm-hmm. And, uh, both me and the postman arriving at the door, if I was babysitting, would be the highlights of the day. They would be standing in the porch waiting. <laughs> and then you'd show up in the driveway and they'd start jumping up and down and cheering. And I'm afraid the postman got the exact same reaction from them. <laughs> That's cute. That's very it was, cute. Like, it, was, it was really adorable. Like When I was like, <laughs> oh, it's Saturday and I have to go spend three hours minding small children and I'm not in the mood for it. Like remembering that they were going to like leap around the place squealing with excitement that I showed up was like, yeah, all right, it'll be worth it. That and the money. Yeah. <laughs> it's so affirming. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty yeah. sweet deal. We're getting a whole ton of parcels at the moment and the kids are starting to be quite excited about like greeting the postman and like <laughs> shouting, bye, out the door. <laughs> that's that's become Kieran's signature move. So, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, yes. Um, so Marianne is describing the setup at the meeting. And she says, get this, our president holds meetings with a pencil stuck over one ear, wearing a visor. She says she feels more official that way. I haven't mentioned this to her, but I've never seen the president of the United States sitting in a director's chair wearing a visor. (laughs) Yes! Oh, I loved it when I read that. I was so happy. I know. Back back when that was a sick burn. Because nowadays... Nowadays, who knows? Who even knows what the president's going to be up to? But Um, like... Ronald Reagan wouldn't do something so indignified. <laughs> <laughs> was it Reagan? Right this is 89. No, it was probably Bush Sr. Bush Sr. He wouldn't do it either. No, he still wouldn't do it. Yeah, so it's <laughs> no. not no. So yeah. yeah, Marianne opens her letter and it's a chain letter that says, 
uh, if she breaks the chain and doesn't send it to 20 people, uh, bad luck will be visited upon her and her friends and loved ones. Um, and Marianne is like, yeah, this is bullshit and I'm not photocopying 20 copies of this letter. I'm buying 20 stamps. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very sensible. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Mallory and Jesse are horrified um, because they think that they're all going to get bad luck. And then Claudia and Dawn admit that they're kind of creeped out and they do want her to send the letter, but not to them. Which is the real tell right there, isn't yep. it? Just the blatant hypocrisy of wanting that and admitting to it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, at least they say it. Yeah, it's refreshing honesty in a way. (laughs) So, yeah, she throws it out and uh, moves on. Mm. Uh, Until the next morning when she falls out of bed. (laughs) There's just a whole screed of things that happen on this particular day. And do you know what? Minor disasters. I wrote wrote an assignment for school about, like, basically a week of bad luck happenings. Um probably inspired by this now that I come to think of it um, but I could only get as far as Wednesday and then I was like I've literally I, I've got no more I don't have any more um, <laughs> I've, I've run out <laughs> um, so it's quite hard to do so I salute Adam Martin for actually doing that um, yes there are many 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 things she crashes into things she scares the cat she spills juice all over her dress she loses her yes. shoes and they turn up on top of the TV which is never explained no that makes no sense at all um, yeah why was she so embarrassed about falling out of bed and having her dad come in? And it's just that she's, she's Marianne. Falling, out of, falling bed. out of bed, a baby thing to do, maybe. I don't yeah, know, I never she says she hasn't done it since she was very small. Or something, there we go. So. It's it's a little kid thing, and it's Marianne. Mm. Yeah, and she's just always embarrassed, basically. Yeah. yeah, I suppose so. Um, and she has a fight with Logan. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she's. Because she spills mac and cheese all over the floor and he tries to comfort her and she takes offence at this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she goes to the library to read Little Women and someone else has checked it out. So she goes home and is, curls up to read the scene where Beth dies because maybe I would feel cheered up if I read about someone who was having a worse time than I was. <laughs> I highlighted that and wrote Marianne, sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a, it's a very strange... Sociopath or 13-year-old... <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> so savage. I, just, I never would have read that scene. In, I mean, I would have read oh. Little Women to cheer up, but not that bit. Yeah, like mm. that's nobody's favorite bit. Like, at least I'm not dying of complications from scarlet fever. Scarlet fever. I'm also sucks I'm, to be you, Beth. I'm pretty sure that that was where I heard that that happened. <laughs> little spoilers. Women. Which I like, oh yeah, you were really young reading this. I'd already yeah. read Little Women, so I was okay. I'm, and the problem is as well. Yeah, so I. Little Women, right, is published in different editions depending on where you are in the world. Um, and it's actually two books over here. So I got, I was like reading Little Women for the first time going, Oh my God, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to, the book ended and she doesn't die. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, no, it's I in Good that, Wives, that... but Good Wives and Little Women are the same book in the oh. version that Marianne is reading. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're the same in America. That's why I was always confused when I was younger. All the adaptations of Little Women include Good Wives as well. That's so mm-hmm. strange. And then later I realised, nope, for some reason, split in two, this side of the pond, still is, for no mm-hmm. earthly reason. Huh. I, I mean, it's not like, like copyright's a thing anymore. They don't have to do it that way, but yeah. they do. I think this is probably the kind of book that you, 
if you bring out an edition that has any change from the the thing you fondly remembered as a child, it'll probably get you. you. Yeah. Or people who bring out editions of books that are long out of copyright are often really fucking sloppy about it. Not oh, that yeah. I'm angry about this for any reason. <laughs> you have opinions. <laughs> I, I might have an opinion or two on this <laughs> subject. Wordsworth classics. Ugh, fucking hate Wordsworth classics. Yeah. They're Not, cheap and nasty. Yeah. This is just a podcast about books. It's not and the, the four words aren't even any good. <laughs> okay, do you want to know what I'm really mad about still? Yes. Yes. Desperately. <laughs> um, I, uh, so Charlotte Riddle, very prolific 19th century Irish author, mm-hmm. wrote under the name Mrs. J.H. Riddle because she was supporting herself and her deadbeat husband who is J.H. Riddle. Mm-hmm. Wordsworth Classics brought out a, um, an edition of her stories a little while ago in which they knocked off the missus and published it under J.H. Riddle, which is the name of the deadbeat husband. Uh, I called them out for this on Twitter and they were like, ha ha, oh yeah, that's funny. We do that to keep you on your toes. <laughs> I, I I left a very unimpressed response, which they did not get back to. <laughs> it's like, no, actually, sometimes people take this seriously. Uh, um, she's, she might be dead. <laughs> But that does not make this okay. She well, like, did, but but she did write it, and her name wasn't J H. Yeah. So, and this is literally you guys' job. Yeah, it's it is one hundred percent what you were supposed to be like fucking doing, and you should not be joking about it. Like, I don't even if it was a mistake that was made honestly. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pulp all of your crappy books and well, print it print it properly. Good to well, know their social media presence is as slipshod as their actual books. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the pages are so grey, it's kinda hard to read the text anyway. Yeah, they leave smudges on your hands. Yes, oh, wow. get this is now your hands. Wordsworth Classics hate podcast. Yes. <laughs> Fuck Wordsworth God, Classics. We're right. Like, you're absolutely right. All I of just... our criticisms are justified. And valid. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Wordsworth Classics hate blog. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're taking down all our enemies. <laughs> we're, we're a force to be reckoned with. I mean, this is why we've got such massive yeah. appeal, you know? These are things everyone loves to hate. I don't know. Anyone who's read a Wordsworth classic and had to scrub the cheap ink off their hands. Off their hands. <laughs> yeah. Know this pain. People are pain. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, they're very cheap though. Uh, anyway, I wanted to say about this in Marianne's defense, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't get mad at Logan because he comforted her. She got mad at Logan because he poked gentle fun at her after the mac and cheese incident. Oh, okay. That's fair. And she mm-hmm. was not in the mood to be poked gentle fun at. Okay. Fair enough. Which I wouldn't be either if I'd had that sort of day. It would be very much a, you know what? I'm not in the mood for this shit right now. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, yes, yeah, I'm not sure whether a Mark drove me crazy, but it did. He made a joke about the janitor who came to clean up her second mess of the day uh, the janitor yes. had to clean up um, being a close personal friend of hers. And she had a sense of humour failure, which I can't really blame her for. Mm. Fair so, enough. I mean, he wasn't being an insensitive clod. He was making a, trying to just be jokey and cheer her up, but also, no. Yeah. Yeah. There are times when it is like, it's quite a useful sort of social buffer to have somebody gently slag you about a thing that you're mildly embarrassed about. It, it just makes a space for it in what's going on at the yeah. time, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. but yeah, you, you still have to have enough energy to actually deal with that. God, I, um, I was working in this, a uh, kind of horrible little recruitment agency years back, and um, I uh, 
had had an altercation with my own cat the previous night who did not want to be cuddled and made it very clear. Um, and I went in with this giant scrub across my nose, like, which I actually still have a scar on my nose from, which oh, wow. you can see in certain lights. Um, that, that cat was kind of an asshole. I love him, but he was, he was sort of mean. Um, and so, yeah, I went into work and I was like, oh my God, this is, this is just embarrassing. There's, there was nothing on earth that could have covered this. <laughs> like, and I went in and all my colleagues saw me and politely didn't mention it. And I was like, oh no, 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 we can't. But I, so I was the lowest person on the, the corporate ladder in that particular place. And like, I went and I sat down at my desk and the guy who was like the next person up from me looked over and was like, Jesus, what happened to you? And I was like, thank you for asking. I need to explain. I didn't get this in a bar fight. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just somebody asked me about it. It's weird for me to go, hey, by the way, look what happened to my nose. (laughs) But you just need somebody to occasionally just be like, let's make a joke out of this and then yeah. move on. No, and then, like I said, I don't think Logan fucked up by doing that. It just yeah, happens no. in that circumstance. Marianne was not in the forum for it. And yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, also to our word. overseas listeners, uh, scrub means uh, scrape. I know. Actually, I was like, that's a really specific word that I should use. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was a very, it's a good it's description of what happened to me. Off it's the, what off a cat will do to animal. <laughs> yeah. scrub you. Yeah. Yeah. Scrape. yeah you can't word. scrub your knee by falling and skinning it. It's, it's something animals do to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good that I may have learned it when one of my parents described this particular injury as a scrub. <laughs> like, okay, <Probably. laughs> anyway, yeah, that's your linguistics class. One of yeah. them. It's, 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 it's an Irish language word. <laughs> Irish people just use in English because why not? Yep. So, yeah, so Marianne is uh, stressed out by her, her day of bad luck. And then mm-hmm. the next day, Dawn has to go mind Jackie Radowski. Uh, which is her first mistake. Um, <laughs> Marianne, Aww. yeah, says that Jackie is, um, he's so accident prone that accidents just seem to follow him around and happen to him. I mean, sometimes things occur that he doesn't even have anything to do with. Like he'll be sitting in the living room and an ashtray will fall off a table in the den. Well, yeah, maybe have, I'm exaggerating. Is I she? A, I have a note on that. And that's like, no, Dawn, that's a poltergeist. <laughs> like, We've had enough books of this nature that you should recognize that that's not, that's not anything to do with Jackie. Or he's <laughs> a trickster happens. god, like you said. Oh, of course. Yes. He's, he's um, the, the love child of Loki or something. Or possibly he's jumping up and down really, really hard in this room. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just managed to shake the ashtray off the table, which is totally something that he or possibly my five-year-old would try doing. Um, yeah. Also possible. Uh, I do also love the description that they tried to send him to piano lessons, but he broke the teacher's metronome and doorbell and possibly some other stuff. So he no longer <laughs> I, does lessons. Yeah. I think that came up in the Ashley Wyatt yes. book. Yeah, it it's did, the same yeah. thing. <laughs> they remember all the things that he continuity. broke. Continuity. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of continuity in this one. Like just a lot of like little mentions of stuff that happened in previous books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I like it. it. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Dawn... At first, at, is it at the end of this, this whole babysitting episode where like just everything has been very complicated and very Jackie, kind of typical Jackie stuff where things have got glued to things and, um, I don't remember the details, but she's like, you know, maybe I'm just imagining things. I'm like, yes, Dawn, you are imagining things. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's literally Jackie. This is a completely standard that's Jackie. Not- 
babysitting yeah, day. That's not yeah. a worse Jackie babysitting diary entry than any other one. Like, this is what that child's like. Nobody yes. has to go on a roof to rescue him. And this is why Donna's an individual, because she at least, when these incidents happen, she's like, is it the chain letter? Nah, it's probably just like business as usual in the Radowski household. Yeah. Um, so it's only <laughs> when the girls all get together in, um, the, like babysitters club meeting and they start to have a mass hysteria episode yes. yep. that um she starts to go oh gosh maybe you know may- mm. and it's like no it's pareidolia stop <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly um oh they do also get a like a threatening package with um mm. like a note with letters cut out of a newspaper which is okay yeah legit a bit creepy but yes they go absolutely nuts uh mm. So yes, Marianne has gotten a little package and it contains a necklace, which is like a little glass sphere on a chain with a little seed inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and a note that says, Halloween is coming. Beware of evil forces. Wear this bad luck charm, Marianne, or else. And yeah, the girls go nuts. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, even before they took the note out, I mean, Dawn shrieked when the tissue paper in the box was thrown near her on the bed. Yeah. You know, they have, yeah, they're, they're, they have surrendered to, 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 they're to it now. They're, mm-hmm. this is, they're all in. Yeah. They're, they're, they're embracing in. the drama. Um, mm-hmm. Barianne is the only one who kind of is even mildly skeptical about it and was dressed to yeah. her. Like, she's, yeah. she's, she says, um, well, of course, Mal- Mallory and Jesse believe in this stuff. I mean, they're younger, but my, my older friends were no help either. And I was like, well, actually, <laughs> Mallory and Jesse were the, <laughs> put, like, tried to put you guys straight about the validity of beauty contests a couple of books ago. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, just gotta point that out. Their um, common sense has deserted them here, though. It has really deserted. It, it, everybody's yeah. common sense, uh, and basically is long gone. everyone spends the meeting remembering any bad thing that's happened to them in the last couple of days and freaking out about it. <laughs> yes, or to anybody else they kind of know, including Stacy, who's in New York. <laughs> yes. Really shouldn't be affiliated with the club anymore. Someone who isn't here but was once a member broke a thing. Yes, she <laughs> broke a paperweight. Obviously, we're all under a curse. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they absolutely freak out and they basically all tell Marianne that she has to wear the necklace um, and she's kind mm-hmm. of sceptical about it, but they, they work each other up into a frenzy. Uh, so she agrees to wear it and is just sort of like, well, I guess we have to see this situation through <laughs> um, um. because her friends are no help. Yes, yeah. they are they are the opposite of help. This is what I mean when I say like yeah. group think. Um, yes, they yeah. they just have really worked themselves up into a an absolute frenzy. Which I don't I don't recall this particular scenario like having a parallel in my own childhood at all. Like, there's a lot of things that I'm like, yeah, okay, I can believe people would react Never in this particular way, but long term, never about bad luck, but definitely. Like I convinced, like m- myself and a group of friends would have convinced ourselves that whatever place we were in right then was definitely haunted and something was about to happen any second <laughs> and we'd all freak ourselves out and like then eventually go home because uh, nothing <laughs> ever happened like uh, several times okay. there was this old um monastic building of some kind I think anyway we called it Baldungan Castle near where we used to cycle over to it mm-hmm. and um like several times there 
we'd worked herself up to such a state that some of the people I was with swore they saw uh, a monk standing in the the gateway in the in the, in the, the ruined tower that was had it. <laughs> and it's like, like I'm pretty sure also it wasn't monks. I'm pretty sure it was nuns, but you know. Uh, <laughs> Um, I'd have to look it up. I'm not sure. A, it might have been monks. A cowled figure. I mean, come on. It's figure, very yeah. easy to mistake the specific variety of clergy, <laughs> undead clergy that yeah. you're looking at. But I mean, I'd also like managed to get to the same state while playing Ouija board in a house that was built five years earlier. You know. So. <laughs> well, yeah. With Ouija boards. It's like whoever happens to pick up the phone, you know, they don't have to be like buried under the floorboards. <laughs> this is a, a totally true. True, true thing that Absolutely. everybody understands. Of course, of course. Mm. Um, yeah, I, don't I mean, think I think really... if, even if none of us have been involved in like a ridiculous over the top mass hysteria episode like this, mm. kids do like to work each other up into a frenzy. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. Never so, managed to sustain anything this long, but yeah, I can, I can see... I can see how they got there. Yeah, they just have a lot of persistence. <laughs> it's Christie's ability to keep the yeah, hysteria Christy going. Yeah, really the driving force here, I think. Uh, I know, like, Mallory and Jesse are very skittish, but I think if Christie told them to cop themselves on, they probably would have. That's <laughs> fair. No one is telling anyone to cop themselves on. So yes, minor mishaps continue. Uh, Jamie falls and skins his knee. Uh, a Bunsen burner explodes and is destroyed in the science lab. Uh, there's a fire in a bin, which, like, there's always a fire in a bin at school. <laughs> there's a fire in a bin. The first thing I noticed about was that Marianne said the fire company had to come and put out, and then the next page she describes it as the fire department, and I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, is that privatised? That would be not great. Probably is. No. Anyway, yeah, also, it was in a bin. Could someone just not get a fire extinguisher? Yeah, like, that's a very contained fire, but Whatever. Chill. There's okay, probably just, not just... a lot of things going on in Stony Brook. I'm it's sure the fire department were glad of a day out. Like, I'd say so. <laughs> Maybe they had to call the fire company to come and set the fire <laughs> as part of their business role in the town. And then they had to call the fire department <laughs> to come <laughs> and remove the fire. <laughs> they have a diaper service with a guy dressed as a stork. We don't really understand the small business landscape in this That's particular true. town. There we might be don't. a private fire setting agency for all we know for all your arson needs can you tell i'm the only one drinking tonight (laughs) a little bit i had forgotten about the the diaper syrup did we decide that that had to be something to do with non-disposables or yeah yeah it's a thing with cloth nappies Mm, it's like a laundry service just for your nappies i mean i can see the appeal i don't understand why he had to be in a stork costume but that's how you get your toe in the door. So. <laughs> it's a cutthroat business. <laughs> Diapers. <laughs> Diapers, you yeah. know, you got to make your mark. You got to make an impression. <laughs> it implies there are multiple competing nappy services. And the only one we remember is the one with the guy dressed as a stork. That's that true. That is a good point. That is marketing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this has been business lessons with Eva and Karen. <laughs> This has been business wild speculation. With you this has down. been, I can't run a business, don't make me. <laughs> this has been 90% of this podcast is wild speculation. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we- even sober we're like this. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so yes. Uh, then everyone is, yeah, it's, 
it's the word that I can't remember how to pronounce, but it starts with a P and it's the thing where you, 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 you identify patterns that don't really exist. Parads. So I have pareidolia. Pareidolia? Pareidolia makes sense to me. Pareidolia. Yeah. I have also only ever read it and never heard anyone say it. So yeah. I've heard it in a lot of podcasts, but I've never paid enough attention to remember how to pronounce it. The tendency for incorrect perception of a stimulus as an object, pattern, or meaning known to the observer, such as QAnon. No, I just added that. Such as seeing shapes in clouds, seeing faces in inanimate objects or abstract patterns, or hearing hidden messages in music. Okay, so, can you? Does it give you a pronunciation guide there on dictionary.com or wherever you are? Uh, it's just the first page of Google. Um. I'll find it. Uh, hang on, pa- pronounce. Pareidolia pronunciation is the first one. Hey. Uh, okay. Mm. I now have to watch an ad for a Nissan Leaf. Sorry. <laughs> it's 12 minutes long. <laughs> I mean, How bad like, do you want to hear this? Let's call it Pareidolia. Yeah, it's called a pareidolia. This is fun. You're kind of the target market, though, so that's okay. Well, uh, I don't know. Is she tar- the target market for wanting 12 minutes of convincing? <laughs> it turns out I was right the first time. We can move on. <laughs> yeah, okay. pareidolia. So, yes. I-, I didn't have to watch it. I just Googled it, and it gave me the pronunciation in the IPA with showing the stress on the first page. So yeah, I don't know I, what you were doing, Karen. Better I, Google. I, I, I got that, but I've been drinking wine. Oh, okay. Uh, you can still read the IPA <laughs> if you like. <laughs> I'll just be over here watching ads <laughs> for, for hybrid minutes. vehicles. <laughs> I'll see you in 12 minutes. <laughs> okay. So, yes, um, everyone is sort of pulling in other superstitions. So, yeah. uh, Marianne's dad opened an umbrella in the house, and then a black cat crossed her path, and then she accidentally mm. picked up a tail-up penny off the ground. And everyone is freaking out, uh, except Logan, who thinks this is nonsense. Uh, I think this book, this that bit in this book was my first moment of, hang on, I thought a black cat was good luck. Oh yeah, over here they're good luck. Yeah, over here they're good luck. Yeah, they, they are. Just show it's all nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't get treated well though. Um, oh, they're, sucks, they're like yeah. always the last to be adopted and stuff. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but I think they're they're more seen as more actively harmful in America than they are here. Yeah, that's that's just so weird. But okay. I'm sure that superstition <laughs> I mean, has made its oh, way oh. over here because of how much American stuff we consume. Probably yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Marianne is uh, worried that uh, she's spreading bad luck, and her friends are like edging away from her at the table, which is. <laughs> Um, awesomely supportive of them again. Uh, yeah, Claudia they're terrible. Contributes that she once read a Nancy Drew book called "The Mystery of the Ivory Charm," but it contained no relevant information or advice. So, thanks for yes. that contribution, Claudia. This basically, I read Claudia that line saying, and "Was like, was there a word count?" <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "I read a book once." Anybody? Okay, sorry. I mean, Continue. that is often how actual real life conversations go, but like, mm-hmm. you're not meant to reflect that in your writing <laughs> like yeah i think the idea was that it segued towards someone having the idea of maybe we can go to the library or yes. maybe there are other books that's true so they go to the library um hoping that an elderly <laughs> white-haired librarian will take them to a corner full of dusty tomes on witchcraft 
but they are kind of disappointed to find that the library is like five years old. And instead they have to use the card catalogue yes. and go to the relevant section of the shelves and has fluorescent lighting yeah. Uh, yeah can i just say though that claudia is a bit like uh do i have to go to the library and christy is like yes because this club sticks together <laughs> yes. yeah like, so wow, she is christy, such a dictator wow. and they all go like yeah they just all march on down to the library and, and look up the the witchcraft books which is Totally a feature in every library. Totally, yes. I'm, I'm impressed by their quite sizable collection of witchcraft books. They yeah. do have a lot. I mean, the it library, is New England, I, I guess. I just imagine this <laughs> library as being pretty much exactly like the one I went to as a kid because it was also a fairly modern building. Yeah. And like it had a, like a supernatural section and there were like two or three books near it on the shelves on, mm-hmm. on, on like, yeah, like modern pagan religions and Wiccan and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I guess. I read some of those kind of books as a teenager and I had to go to the the bead and incense shop to get them. They were not available (laughs) at my local library. They also were very much kind of like here's how it the ones that actually had, you know, how to do spells in would have been like, well, listen, you know, get a candle. It should be red. But if it can't get red, you could use it. it there was definitely no requirement to find scrapings from the underside of a oh, yeah, snake. Yeah, no, they weren't like these books. Yeah, <laughs> Which, no, they weren't. They were pretty much like, you know, yeah, like, and I, yeah, I think, um, these are, this is Anna Martin just riffing on what she thinks might be in a witchcraft yeah. book. <laughs> she is just having yeah. some fun. Yeah, I think the nearest library to me was like the head library for Fingal. So <laughs> that's probably why it had more witchcraft books than your local library. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever actually checked. <laughs> I'll be quite honest with you. You might have been surprised. Fingal Library service was pretty. Were you in? No, you weren't in Fingal. You were in North Dublin. Uh, our nearest one was Ballymun. Um, yeah, that's, that's North Fingal. Dublin. I think. Yeah, North Dublin. Hmm. I don't know. I can't comment on their libraries. <laughs> <laughs> the Dublin City Library service. They have one terrifying librarian who. I kind of just turn around and leave if I see she's in there. But wow. Other than that, they're like... <laughs> I mean, all libraries have to have a scary librarian. Yeah. You would not have come to this woman for witchcraft. <laughs> like, she would have humiliated you about why you wanted it for 20 minutes, and then she wouldn't have let you leave until she had found eight books on witchcraft and sent you away with them. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, man. And I can spend three hours... <laughs> You don't need to get it in from Tala, I swear to God. <laughs> Just, I renounce paganism. <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah, I clearly have a bit of a... <laughs> Got some trauma you need to talk out. <laughs> <laughs> this is the place for it, obviously. Obviously. Uh, so then we get a chapter with Jesse babysitting Jamie Newton, who's afraid of ghosts, but she convinced him to not be afraid of ghosts, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, then... Good babysitting tips. Claudia and Mallory babysit the Pikes. Uh, hilarious <laughs> results. Um, yeah, and they they start this chapter by having the usual sort of excerpt out of the the babysitter's logbook, where um, they're they're like clearly supposed to be grabbing the book off each other and writing to and from. And I was like, no, this will make so much more sense when they update this for um, the Netflix show, and they're using WhatsApp. Like, yes. they're responding to each other. It's not how you would write anything no. down, um, even if you're looking over each other's shoulders. Uh, but, ah, yes, the Pikes. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, Mr. Pike has made uh, what 
Marianne calls a batch of some sort of casserole with hot dog pieces in it. Um, I'm with Claudia. This does not sound appealing. It says gross. But mm-hmm. apparently the Pikes love it and call it Daddy Stew, which the less said about that, the better. Moving on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so yes, Byron is very hungry, so he turns up the heat on it to make it cook faster. And... Um, it mm-hmm. burns into burns a the shite out carbonized it. mess and everyone is very, very upset except for Claudia. Um, then a bird gets in um, <laughs> and flies around, but then they get I it out again say, and it's fine. The absolute mm-hmm. hysterics due to a bird being in the room is 100% true to life. Yeah. Depending on who's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. A room full of kids. Any age. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Think of a bird getting into a classroom. Oh, well, a classroom is one thing. Like, a classroom is a, is just house. a tinderbox environment. A pigeon came down the chimney in the office in a building I worked in once. Mm-hmm. Three or four years later, there was still a model pigeon with a label declaring it to be Dickie the Pigeon. <laughs> because everyone remembered that incident so well and so fondly. There was so much shrieking and faffing and flapping around and freaking out. And yeah, like, and the pigeon pooed everywhere. It was very exciting. And like, sure. fondly remembered for years to come. I just think this is a, like, people are always, people just lose their minds when a bird gets in the room and they it's do. great. Actually, it's funny. I, I kind of thought someone was going to point out that a bird in the house is also supposed to be bad luck, but it's never actually no. mentioned. Oh, I don't, I, is that true? Yeah. Huh, I've never heard that one before. Um, Sorry, no, not, is that is that a thing? No, <laughs> like, I, I figured, yes. God, we had birds as pets. This is probably why, like, I don't actually sort of relate to this too much because they were just around all the time. I'd be like, oh it's God, bird. I've got bird crap on my elbow again. Um, <laughs> birds come down our chimney yeah. every so often and I don't, we don't re- I don't realise until I come down my, on my break or my lunch and the rabbit is like hiding under the couch stamping his feet in terror and there's a blackbird <laughs> battering itself unconscious off the window. Oh, no. And I have to try, who's pooed everywhere. And I have to try and manage that situation then. Right. Yeah, I don't know if it's meant to be just implied that the bird has pooed everywhere but the text is too... Um, it, it was a very to say polite this. bird. It was a very well-behaved yeah. sparrow. So they get it out. Oh, yes. Um, Adam suggests that it could be a female bird just to antagonise Nikki, who is <laughs> frankly pathologically misogynistic at this point. I mean, at least, yeah, at least it says it somewhere. I know I think the implication is it's only a problem because he won't play with the sisters and he the boys don't like, want to play with him. Like, Nikki, Nikki Pike really hates girls, which is a problem, it says in this book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And acknowledges that it's a problem. Yes, finally. <laughs> um, uh. And then Vanessa loses a tooth, which, like, that's not really bad luck. That's just, like, the circle of life. Like, yes. Yeah. It's a, a, an extremely well, I think normal it's very biological unexpected. process. She, she didn't realise it was loose that's and she true. got an awful fright and there was blood everywhere. That's true. So it wasn't ideal tooth losing situation. No. It was kind of a bad one. Any kind of experience where all of a sudden there's lots of blood is <laughs> like generally a, a bit of a cause for alarm. I that's guess. a point. That's a point. Yeah. A non-ideal, uh, a non-ideal um, iteration of the scenario. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so the girls uh, call an emergency meeting for witchcraft purposes. <laughs> an emergency coven meeting. Yes. An emergency coven study session. Mm-hmm. Um, Marianne is feeling terribly guilty for having brought 
dragged everyone into this situation. Claudia is worried that somehow junk food will cease to be a thing because of the curse. Um, um okay. Which, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know how that's supposed to happen. But, yeah. um, yes, they, they start looking for spells and Marianne is like trying to lighten the mood by asking if the books fly around the room at night or glow in the dark. And Christy fucking smacks her down. She's like, yes. you cannot afford to take this lightly. Marianne, you've got us into this mess, so you'd better help us get out of it. It's just like, Christy. Wow, Christy. Christy like, has just gone off the rails from here on. Yeah, she really has. Um, I, I have, Christy is terrible. And then how often have I written that down <laughs> in the course of this? Christy is a fucking liability. <laughs> like... Christy is the CEO that you need to strongly start thinking about replacing. Yes. She's, um, she's... Because even if she's got all those great ideas, is it worth the cost? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. yes, Jessie finds a spell for good luck that says you have to press a white rose between the pages of a book of sorcery and leave it for two months. And... Christy yells at her because roses are out of season and they don't have two months. And Jessie is like, well, excuse me, I can't tell what the book says. Which, <laughs> more people should be like Jessie. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, Dawn finds something that uh, starts promisingly by writing a bunch of information on a piece of paper and planting it under a tree. And then you have to get hairs from an ox's tail and scrapings <laughs> from the belly of a sea snake. <laughs> it actually yeah. says underside, I think. And yes, underside. I've, it's just occurred to me in the last few minutes that that's probably poop. That's probably what they're looking for. No oh, scrapings from the underside. Which I don't I mean, know. It's a sea snake. It lives in the sea. The poop doesn't stick around on it. I, I've really never anticipated really discussing this. Snake. Maybe. <laughs> no, I just assumed it was some scales. I, I was just thinking we don't talk about the bird shitting everywhere. And we're going to use a euphemism for <laughs> We don't talk about potty training. This is one of the subjects that doesn't come up. Some sort of leavens from a sea snake, basically. <laughs> Yeah, snake parts. <laughs> like exfoliate on. your sea snake. <laughs> like, <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, is anyway. I don't think that if this was a real spell, the authors would have thought anyone was going to try doing this. So like, oh yeah, get a get your neighborhood herpetologist to supply you with this. Um, also, it's a sea snake. Even if people had like snakes mm. and like what, they wouldn't have a sea snake. They live in the sea. <laughs> Like, get a diving bell, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely. Um... <laughs> oh, Anna Martin, these spells you came up with are so unrealistic. <laughs> no, I don't know what I was expecting, um, but they are kind of ridiculous. Yes, they are I like it though. Then Christy decides to escalate things further by speculating that the chain letter didn't come from a person at all but from an evil power master or some <laughs> evil force. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Christy is just hallucinating at this she's, point. Like, she's off the deep end. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's pretty entertaining. Then they reminisce about the phantom phone caller. Um, and <laughs> Good times. Yes. Simpler times. Simpler yeah, times. I think they're actually recalling it with fondness because it was less awful than this. Yes, because it turned out to just be a boy with boundary issues and it was fine. 
Speaking mm-hmm. of, right, I never noticed it at the time, but Claudia is now going to the ho- to the hop with Austin Bentley, a boy named after two cars. <laughs> <laughs> and he wears a suit. Yes, <laughs> that's kind that. of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, there's going to be some outfits. Ooh, yeah, outfits. there's a lot of good yeah, outfits. Um, yeah, then everyone's kind of wistful and jealous because Marianne has a steady boyfriend, TM. And uh, Claudia says that half the girls in their grade would kill to go out with Logan. Like, mm-hmm. especially Grace, who's Koki's, like, chief henchwoman. And that she's super jealous and she probably hates Marianne. Oh, well, I guess that has nothing to do with the current scenario that we're all in. Yep. Can I, actually, can I point out, Grace's surname is Bloom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, is, is there a rivalry going on here between Anna Martin and another? <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, I got it. <laughs> is I it a tribute? It. And do you name your antagonist character <laughs> after somebody you know as a tribute to them? Is that a thing that's done? To be fair, <laughs> I would imagine Anne M. Martin, given how fond she seems to be of kid lit, yeah. likes Judy Bloom a lot. Probably. She like, never ever mentions Judy Bloom. I don't know what the... like. Is Judy Bloom too racy for her? Uh, Judy Bloom was pretty out there. Let me look yeah, at she a lot more edgy than these. What? Yeah, but these are very she... deliberately meant as tame. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, they they are. Um, are you googling to see if there's dates? beef between them? No, I I did that already, and I didn't find any. I, I want to know the dates. That I they don't were think there would be beef. Judy uh, Bloom was publishing sixties, seventies, maybe right. into the eighties. Yeah, just get in the Wikipedia. She definitely would have been before these. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember reading some of them and being like that. Technology on sanitary protection is very outdated, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, ah, the belt. But yeah, no, there was like there was sex and stuff in them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There was just all sorts of experiences that do not impinge upon the babysitters' yeah. club. No, as a whole. Sex and I read and periods and sex and periods. I and like the masturbating and like yeah. I read all of that stuff like avidly at the time, but I think I would have been a bit perturbed if it had suddenly shown up in the babysitter's club, which was just a different place. Yeah, to be yeah. In. yeah. It's a different vibe. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, I think it's a beef. I think it's a, a secret um, 1989. Okay. It's no canon. <laughs> Somebody get on Twitter and ask her. <laughs> no! That could be you. on Twitter. Uh, she is. My dad checked. He told <laughs> <All> me. <right. laughs> My dad has been listening to all of these. <laughs> Do you know what I discovered actually? Um uh I my folks were over the other day and I asked them about uh, about this and mom was like, Oh yeah, no, I didn't I didn't read any of these. It was your dad who got all of them. I was like, I thought that was the case. Um and then he said, Yeah, so he um used to go to the bookshop on the way home from work. Uh he said, Oh yeah, and then I'd like I'd I'd pick up whatever and I'd buy you one of these and then I'd read it on the train on the way home. <laughs> So my dad has read all I the ones. I would have just imagined him, yeah, sitting on the train, earnestly reading a Babysitter's Club book. Oh, yeah, just so totally awesome. unselfconsciously as well. And and now he's listening to the podcast. Like, oh yeah, I remember that book. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I'm so happy to hear That's it. Brilliant. I actually Enjoyable. spoke to somebody at work. I mentioned that I was doing this. We were talking about you know how we had been staying sane during the mm-hmm. lockdowns and stuff, and mentioned I was doing this, and his response was, oh. I used to sneak those out of my sister's room and read them. Oh, wow. Couldn't let anyone know. 
Yeah, there's a couple of lads that we've spoken to who did that as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, um, that must, that's, I'm quite curious to know what, like, <laughs> what uh, the perspective of a bloke who read these growing up was yeah, like. Like, how do you really interesting, actually? We'll how, need to get a special, do a special guest episode someday. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we should get back to this. Cat people. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I, the I, highlight I, of the book to Karen. Yep. Yeah, it was the highlight of the book. Absolutely. <laughs> and Esther, apparently, since they both remembered it. Also, have you guys ever heard of a movie called Cat People? No. Um, it, the title rings the bell. So, I've never seen it. But it used to show on TV fairly regularly because I'm guessing it was cheap. And the RTE guide would give a plot summary of it. It sounds completely insane. (laughs) It is about a woman who finds out that when she has sex, she transforms into a cat. And she confesses this to her brother who says, oh, yeah, the same thing happens to me. So they start having sex with each other. Um, it's uh, like it's from like the fifties or something. It's a black and white what? movie. How? What? What the haze code? I yeah, that's know. what I was thinking. I don't know. Also, um, and then many years later, my mom was like, "Oh God, I was up really late last night and I stuck on the TV, and the fucking weirdest movie I've ever seen came on." <laughs> and she confirmed that it's exactly as weird as it sounds from the plot summary. Oh but, my God. I had read this plot summary in the RTE guide before I read this book and I was very troubled by Logan's body <laughs> using the phrase cat people. I was like, oh my. This isn't a reference, is it? I hope this isn't a reference. <gasps> Logan's parents are like, Logan's mom says that and she's like, huh. And his dad's like, huh, shut up, shut up. <laughs> They're like Beavis and Butthead in the front, except Southern and married. <laughs> Uh, guys, can uh, we do like a mystery science theater watch of that of cat people? Okay. <laughs> sounds... Apparently, he's not her brother. What? I've just found it on IMDb, which makes it a lot more. Look, an American man marries a Serbian immigrant who fears that she will turn into the cat person of her homeland's fables if they are intimate. <laughs> a common anxiety. Then there's a longer sum- summary that involves describing um what she says to her psychiatrist. I don't know. Uh, I also have a lot of questions about why RTE picked this up. Yeah, I um, don't know why. I'm guessing because it was cheap. Very it would have to be really, or it was someone's kink. <laughs> oh, that's that actually seems way, way more likely. To be honest, like because there's probably a lot of cheap stuff out there that RTE would still be like, no, 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 we won't, we won't be having that. But if there's some head honcho who's just like, oh yeah. Put the cat, put the cat people movie on. We haven't had that in a while. No, I think it's good. It'll it'll work with um the key demographic of like the people who are up watching it. Three. Look, just put it on the on the roster, okay? Like just just don't ask questions. Cancel my four o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Am I am I wrong? Yeah. About no, RTE? That explains everything. Headcanon accepted. Yeah. <laughs> if you worked in RTE in the early nineties, we'd like to hear from you. <laughs> We probably wouldn't. Don't sue us. Yeah, they probably still run it. <laughs> Is there an internet version of the RTE guide? <laughs> Do we have to actually buy it? <laughs> I'm not buying it. No. Maybe I could buy the Christmas one and get out the highlighter for nostalgia's <laughs> sake. Ooh, circle all the good movies. Circle all the good ones and make sure your schedule matched up and then realise that your dad insisted on watching football or a movie about World War II at that exact time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, by the way, RTE is the like Irish national broadcaster, by the way. It's like the, the, the big telly channel. Like it's run by the <laughs> government. It's, it's yeah. run by the government. They should and not it's- be showing weird cat porn <laughs> it's kind of notoriously sort of cakey as well and like you scratch your back i'll scratch mine in yeah. terms of the people who work there and the cronyism and all that all that jazz and now i'll never be on tv <laughs> having said <laughs> so anyway that's what i think when i hear the phrase cat people which has always added that's- a troubling dimension to this for me <laughs> <laughs> delightful <laughs> yes I, I i think we should sit down and Watch that at some point. Yes. <laughs> okay. Once we're actually all allowed to be in the same room, I think this is yes. the same room. Let's do it. We need to have a sleepover. Yes. We don't need to record anything. No. <laughs> Although it would be pretty funny if we did. Mystery science theater stuff. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to edit it. So anyway, yeah, I think I think that is a reference to it, and I think Logan's parents are just being immature, which I like. Um, oh and my yeah, god! So- it's from nineteen forty-two. Oh, there was a remake in 1982, <laughs> but it was definitely the 1942 one. But uh, RTE were showing because it was the yeah. cheapest. Yeah. Everything uh, is weird. She was marked with the curse of those who slink and court and kill by night. Court. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> Courting. Courting behind the bins. Yeah. So, modern <laughs> critics have described the film as being too subdued for the genre. Really? What's the genre? What's the genre? <laughs> porn? <laughs> like, it's clearly meant to be psychological porn. Psychological cat stuff? What's the genre? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of quiet in the hopes that Esther will tell me what the genre is. because She's, she's Googling hard. I don't know. I'm reading the plot summary. <laughs> she gets run over by a car while in panther form. <laughs> they have to take her into the vet to see if she's got a microchip oh no hang on a second no she isn't she lets a panther out of a cage at the zoo and then the panther runs her over and is then run over by a car this sounds like okay, well, why is the panther driving a car <laughs> we have to watch this movie yes agreed it um, sounds like a classic Okay, so before they even make it into the car with Logan's parents, okay, she dresses up in her cat costume. Yes. Um, and this bit I just want to share, like, she's wearing, like, a leotard and leggings, um, and her bad luck charm, obviously, and a big furry cat headdress, which she and, she and Logan have rented matching ones from a costume shop. Um, and what I love is that she is dressed up and she turns around and she's like, hey, Tigger, what do you think of my costume? And her cat is like, Fuck! <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Um, and this is 100% true to life. And I feel like Anna Martin did this at some point because she is like, um, canonically a cat person because one year, yeah. and I think it must have been about 2010, um, I decided to dress up as a cat meme for Halloween, uh, because it was quick and I hadn't thought about it too far in advance. So I dressed up as business cat, who you, you probably oh, yeah. don't remember unless you were on the internet a lot at that point. So I wore like my, like my interview suit, um, and a cat outfit, which consisted of like a headband with ears and a tail. Um, oh, and I think I had a collar with a bell on it and I did whiskers. Um, yeah. and I went into my parents' sitting room cause I was over there to do like trick or treating, um, handing out sweets and stuff. And, uh, I was like, Oh, hey cat, what do you think? And she had the exact same reaction. She was just like, what, what are you doing? That, that is just. Do you think this is funny? That's cultural appropriation. <laughs> exactly. Yes. 
Cultural appropriation. <laughs> and that I was like, actually this reminds is... me. Go on. I got one of those, um, like hats you can get with the rabbit ears, and Ooh. there's little pneumatic things you squeeze that puts air in the ears. So the ears go from lop to being up. Ah. And I thought I'll attempt to communicate with my rabbit <laughs> using my ears that I now have. Not up for interest. He freaked out. He was I mean, just like, you don't have ears. You don't have ears. You're not even doing it right. I just the, I'm, I'm hiding under the couch. So also, though, the fact that Marianne's dad has the same reaction to her in her costume makes me think that maybe her costume is just kind of startling. Yes, it's definitely. Um... I mean, the cat's costumes are kind of scary. They are, actually. Okay. Probably if I hadn't seen it in advance and someone came down the stairs and was like, ah, in a cat's costume, I would also go, Whoa. I don't remember the musical um, being quite as uncanny valley as this seems to have been, or as the makers of the movie Cats <laughs> <laughs> um, seem to have just embraced. Uh, yeah. But yeah, clearly it's a bit, um, it's a bit too freaky. Uh, I don't know. I, they seem to be like, totally on trend for late 1980s teen dance Halloween costumes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so, mean, everyone seems impressed by their costumes, so. I, 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 I did yet again in Stony Brook misogyny, so, like, Logan wouldn't <laughs> go into the fabric store on his own. I was like, this is really interesting, like, exploration of the boundaries of teen masculinity at this particular time and place. So, um, he did go into the the store he just wouldn't go by himself he needed to go with mary ann um logan has very has really embraced this whole having having a lady friend that he escorts places kind of thing is this a southern gentleman kind of thing where he's like no no dear let's go to the fabric store like she's escorting him though yeah true yeah Yeah, but he's probably he's telling himself it's the other way around himself that um but then he takes the fabric home and sews himself a fur suit with the no, help of his no, mother. No, no, his mother he sews and his it mother for do him. it. Well, I I read this as they made this outfit, like not I as they oh. made it together. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like he's he doesn't like that's not emasculating. Oh, it but being in the place mother. where you buy the fabric yeah. is emasculating, yeah. unless you have a lady friend. <laughs> like I I I kind of rolled my eyes at first at him being too afraid to go into the fabric store alone. And then I remembered when I was about the same age, I had to go buy some Warhammer figures for a male friend for his birthday. (laughs) And if I could have had another male friend go with me, I would have gladly taken him up on that offer. I was like marching up to these guys and saying, hello, I don't know what this is, but I need a blister pack of Space Marine Dreadnoughts. (laughs) It was was stressful. (laughs) Actually, yeah. It, yeah, and I fabric think shops are intimidating. Any kind they of specialty are. Like, there's a lot shop of... where mm-hmm. where you don't know or share the specialty is intimidating as fuck. I yeah, and like definitely... fabric buying is can be intimidating even when you kind of do know what you're doing. To be yes. honest, yeah. those I, ladies I, are I, scary. I remember the year my dad told me for Christmas he wanted a Stanley three quarter inch chisel. Oh God! And I was just like, okay, here we go. And I went into one of the like hardware stores on Capel Street, and I was like. Uh, hello, I need a Stanley three-quarter inch chisel. And the man went, they're here, and brought me to a shelf, and I bought it. And I just remember feeling like I'd got away with something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, actually, maybe this is Marianne being all like, huh, boys, and Logan being just like, no, I'm I'm scared. <laughs> I just need backup. 
<laughs> Actually, because Logan is pretty is pretty sound about a lot of this stuff for a boy. Yeah, like yes, yeah. actually. Um, uh, but yeah, like it's it is a very gendered space, and it's also a specialty shop where you need terminology and whatnot. And yeah, how do you even know what's the right kind of fake fur fabric to buy? And how do you know what quantity to buy? Are you expected to buy the whole roll? And do you <laughs> yeah, do you need true. to buy thread? Does it come with thread? How do you know what thread to buy? Blah blah blah. Yeah, I could I could. I can kind of empathize with him, like, spiraling, confronted with this. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I can also see how you might be just like, yeah, no, I need a girl. Good, just <laughs> yeah. come with me. It's not just that I'm generically but terrified. They might talk me out if I go in. <laughs> yeah. Marianne does do. Oh, does she sew? I think it's mentioned mm. that she sews. So, yeah, she's been here before. I think it's established later on that she's really into crafts. Um, yeah, she's but- been knitting with Mimi, I think. Mm. And it, they talk about various other crafty type of things in the couple of books that we did that were way further downstream. Yeah. But I don't think we, but that said, she could have just not been into them yet. Yeah. There's yeah, very true. many years between now and that point. <laughs> many years of being 13 yet to come. Many more Halloweens to go. A long time to develop <laughs> so your, um, your hobbies. <laughs> yeah. Advantages <laughs> to being caught in a demonic time loop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> How did you become an expert quilter? Well, I've been doing it for 20 of my 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they go to the dance anyway, yes. and there's a lot of uh, costumes. One thing I want to um, to flag here is that Claudia is not wearing a costume, but according to my Kindle, she is wearing a gigantic hair dip. Yeah, I got um, that too. Yeah. Yes, think it's, it's a clip. clip. It is definitely a clip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will, or rather, I assume it's a clip and not an 80s fashion accessory that we just don't know about anymore. I I'm pretty sure. I did actually ask on our Twitter about it. Really? Um, yeah. Yes. I see that. Uh, it was only a couple of hours ago. So one person had suggested it might be like a big mall hairdo with like all tall and puffed up and then it dips down to the front. But I think a hair clip is probably more likely. I'm very yeah. confident that this is OCR. I, I have yeah. seen OCR errors once or twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought Karen, Karen is going to have some opinions on how likely this is. <laughs> um, but I, I also think this kind of thing is hilarious and I love it. So, um, yes. yeah. Yeah. It's, I, she's, I, she's I like, did also Google hair dip and just got like dip dyed hair, but like no one's dyeing their hair in this. <laughs> Stacy had to destroy the written evidence that she was putting sun in and her hair at the beach. So yes. <laughs> there was a, there was a brief period in time where um, hair guacamole was really popular. Um, or sometimes you could get a three bean dip um, and it was like three colours. Uh, I quite liked hair hummus myself, but... <laughs> you used to get like samples of it in magazines. <laughs> three little pots. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think it's probably a clip. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I also love that somebody is dressed as a stick of gum. Um, yeah, that's a really good costume. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's funny and fun, and I like it. Mm-hmm. And you could probably buy that now, and it would be a sexy stick. <laughs> a sexy of stick of gum. Yeah. <laughs> no, only, only only the women's version, of course. Yes, the, the men's version stick would of just gum, be a stick of gum. Like, covers everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm and just then, reminded of one of my favorite Halloween costumes I ever saw, which was like oh, a boy who was here. We go, old and cool enough. old and almost too cool and too old for Halloween he just like safety pinned a load of knickers in front of his jumper (laughs) chest of drawers 
<laughs> oh, that's that is that's clever. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I've just sent you a, a sexy stick of gum costume, um, modeled apparently by Melania Trump. Are we surprised? We're not surprised. What? Why? Well, it just looks like her. It does look like her in that generic face sort of way. It is a sexy stick of gum costume. That is a sexy <laughs> stick of gum costume. Yandy has come through. <laughs> Jesus. I mean... It's probably harder to buy, like, generic stick of gum costume. Gum, gum costume. Asexual stick of gum costume. <laughs> no, there, it's only sexy. You can only be a sexy stick the of gum. The two genders. Gum. Sexy and non- Everyone else. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't think this is sexy. I think this is ostensibly sexy. This is sexualized, but not actually sexy. <laughs> yes. you, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> sexualized gum costume. <laughs> oh, better. Christ, we live in a degenerate time. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone has said that forever, so let's just move on. Oh, yes. I'm fully aware of that. The ancient Romans would be all over sexy gum sexy costumes. They would, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, crucially though we get some plot as well Um, Mm -hmm. Koki makes a snarky remark to Marianne about how nice her bad luck charm is Um, (gasps) Mm -hmm. and Marianne completely missed the significance of this and worries that the charm clashes with her cat costume Um, but then when she gets home she finds a note taped to the door in more like murderer cut out letters that say to the girls in the babysitter's club, go to Old Man Hickory's headstone tomorrow at midnight and to await your fate. Be there or beware. Um, obviously, the next night is Halloween and obviously there's a full moon for maximum drama. It is part of the time loop. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. We should keep track of like, is it always a full moon on Halloween every year? I thought you were going to actually suggest we track the faces of the moon in Stony Brook and I was about to refuse. I can manage one day a year. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly a fairly invested fan at this point, but I'm not that invested. Mm. Um, so yes, Marianne then has to tell everybody else what's happened the next morning. So she has to do a convoluted uh, system of 10 minute phone calls to everyone and then they call her back for more than 10 minutes and even she knows she's gaming the system but her dad has decided to just turn a blind eye for once <laughs> <laughs> I would be like oh this is very convenient um, except that I have been that parent where I'm like yeah I'm just, I'm just going to pretend the thing isn't happening so that I don't have to have the argument about the thing that I usually enforce. Yeah, <laughs> so. he's clearly noticed that something is up with her and she doesn't want to talk about it. And he's clearly just decided, uh, it's probably fine. <laughs> and anyway, Christy is about to be like, okay, everybody come round to mine for the emergency meeting. Yes. Yeah. So that I can bully you some more. <laughs> yes. Face to face. All at once. <laughs> it's more efficient that way. Yes, Christy summons them, so they turn up. Christy is, uh, again, Christy has escalated some more. Marianne says, um, I was surprised she wasn't wearing an army outfit or cracking a whip. If the graveyard business hadn't been so serious, I might, might have laughed at her. She was sitting ramrod straight in the director's chair. Her visor was pulled down over her eyes and two pencils were stuck over her right ear. I love the two pencils because earlier on she established that it was just one pencil, but clearly this is a two pencil emergency. (laughs) The club notebook was open in her lap. She was not talking to Claudia. She wasn't doing anything. Not even chewing gum. She's just fizzing with tension. 
As soon as I came in, she held one hand out for the letter and gave me the notebook and one of the pencils with her other hand in case I wanted to take notes, I guess. I love how Marianne still has to like take minutes on her own paranormal crisis stalker situation. <laughs> She's the one who got them into this mess by. That's true. It, it by turns out by being sent some mail. Yes. yes. By being the goddamn victim. Marianne should know better than yes. to be a victim <laughs> of supernatural victim, weirdness. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this would never happen to Christy. So everyone comes in <laughs> and is terrified. Fortunately, Dawn, because she's read the history of Stony Brook with an E on the end, uh, <laughs> knows who old Hickory is and what his deal is. <laughs> um, he was a rich old miser who didn't want a, want a fancy gravestone, but got one anyway and is now angrily haunting his grave forever. Um, Stony Brook is very well supplied with dead rich old misers. <laughs> yes. This must be a New England thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can listeners please confirm? Yes. Is your picturesque New England town like full of ghosts of <laughs> angry <laughs> dead white guys with lots yes. of money? Um, we want full details. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Christy, the girls are kind of incredulous that they're going to all go to a graveyard at midnight. Mm-hmm. And Christy's Halloween. like, I think we'd better. We all know what happens when we ignore warnings. And then glares at Marianne. <laughs> she is so mean oh to Marianne. <laughs> I know. Christy is like, I feel like Anna was maybe a bit bored with writing Christy. And was like, I'm just going to make her like a, a sociopath for this one. <laughs> <laughs> She's just going to serve my plot. She's going to get really like really over-invested in this whole thing. Um, and she's going to make all the girls go to a graveyard at midnight, which just seems like such a good idea, even without the paranormal aspects that I they're know, all right? quite invested. So yes, first they all have to start planning how they're going to sneak out of their houses, mm-hmm. um, which is hilarious because like, this could not possibly all work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Like Marianne share or Mallory shares a bedroom, so she has to come up with a cover story about needing the toilet and then hope that Vanessa will go right back to sleep. Uh, Marianne's dad is a terribly light sleeper. Nobody has a solution to that. Uh, Don's mom sleeps really deeply and Don can just walk straight out and it doesn't <laughs> matter, which seems extremely on brand. Uh, <laughs> Claudia has an elaborate like sneaking out in stages plan. Jesse has to figure out how to work the burglar alarm before she can get it. Oh, yes, I think Marianne's Claude's plan climb... might work, but yeah. Yeah, Claude's, Claude's plan is probably the least bad. Marianne's going to climb out in a tr- through a tree, mm-hmm. uh, but Mallory is worried yeah. that she'll fall and like break her spine or whatever. Which is a uh, legit worry. It happened yes. to Pollyanna, you shouldn't do it. Exactly. <laughs> Which I have to say was a really good didn't Pollyanna get oh it's in the movie she says she fell out of a tree in the book she got hit by a car huh which is weird because there were only like four fucking cars at the time but the people <laughs> who drove them were absolute maniacs like did That's you ever true. boy where oh, yeah. Yeah. Ronald Dahl's nose nearly gets cut off like yes <laughs> um that's that's my uh... Wild West. <laughs> um maybe Pollyanna didn't forward uh Uh, chain letter letter. and that's why she was so unlucky as to be run over by one of the first cars ever (laughs) and she didn't she didn't have christy to guide her through this difficult time exactly (laughs) um so yeah christy just orders them all to the graveyard um oh yes and she comes up with they're gonna have a plausible deniability sleepover Mm -hmm. which is 
a lot more reasonable. <laughs> yes. She had spoken as our club president, and we club members always obey our president. <laughs> yeah, that scared, that freaked me out. I was like, what? No, it's, you're all 13. She's your friend. Stop it. And this also, is you how don't. people end up in murder cults and stuff. Yeah, you, yeah. you frequently argue with her, and you should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because she's she is very capable of being wrong. <laughs> yes. Um, Claudia is fully convinced they're going to meet their <clears throat> literal actual deaths in this graveyard. Yeah. She's still yeah. gonna go. She's still more scared of Christy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Christy, Christy's plan hinges on um, the cooperation of her older brother, Charlie, who is currently um, driving her to and from the meetings. Can I just say, like, um, she's like, yeah, no, Charlie will pick you all up at half ten and then he'll drive us to the graveyard and he'll wait there. Believe me, Charlie can be trusted. And I was like, Christy has found Charlie's weed stash. <laughs> or equivalent misdemeanor yeah. <laughs> of some description. We are not told why Charlie can be trusted. Charlie does not appear enthusiastic about this plan, but he is like, going along with it. Yeah, it's there is, Halloween night. I'm sure he has underage substance abuse to indulge in. Yeah, he's yeah. 17. There is definitely a party or like someone's house is getting TP'd or something that or he could like be doing other than like drinking. And he has a car. car. And apparently no curfew. Um, um, like, he definitely has better things to be doing. Like, And yet. Yeah, so we don't know what the blackmail is. Maybe there I, is I'm a like, spin-off novel planned. I like the she found his weed theory. Yeah, I think that fits. <laughs> yeah, poor Charlie. He's the real Can victim I also of this. Say, yeah, but he's very patient. He just he's... goes along with this. I think also Charlie has grown up with Christy and he just knows <laughs> she's made up her mind. He might as well. Just like, like how the babysitters are about Karen. Yeah. Yeah, basically. that's true, actually. He's, the only person who can deflect Christy. <laughs> exactly. Can I just say, shocking little detail in here. Marianne says that she is worried because... She's read enough Stephen King books to know that you don't go fooling around with the supernatural. Oh yeah, it actually. Yeah, I put all the movies <laughs> I've watched. Yeah, like, like the Night two Halloween, the Halloween two, and Night of the Living Dead. Oh yeah, oh, it's it's so funny how Claudia's like, oh my god, Nancy Drew is so <laughs> subversive, and Marianne's like, oh yeah, I read it, but I don't like really believe in that whole scene in the middle where they have a massive teen orgy. It just doesn't strike me as realistic. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I think, think the human centipede was fine. But, you know. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear that Anna Martin just name-dropped someone she knew wrote horror. <laughs> that that would make more sense, but I find it hilarious to picture Marianne just secretly has an incredibly high tolerance for, like, cocaine fueled gore. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I love that as well. I'm I'm here for that, like, yes. headcanon. Yeah. And she's just very meek and nobody ever asks her. Yeah, <laughs> but actually, it. no. She like she's an encyclopedic knowledge of like the Hellraiser universe. Or <laughs> yes. So yes, she's very nervous. Um, and her dad is like, clearly something is bothering you. Uh, and clearly <laughs> you're not going to tell me. So um, enjoy your slumber party, I guess. <laughs> um, but she pulls out the necklace and asks him uh, if she. She she asks him if he believes in bad luck and she shows him the necklace and says that she bought it at a junk shop and that uh, she's worried that it causes bad luck. And he explains that his grandmother had one of these and it's not a bad luck charm. It is a mustard seed, which is a symbol of faith. 
And apparently this is a traditional thing. I looked it up. There's tons of these necklaces on Etsy. Oh, really? Um, yes. Oh, that's cute. Um, I must so, cook those. a parable <laughs> of a mustard seed, but I can't remember what it is. I just remember that it exists. Is it like a Christian thing? Or yeah. Just yeah. A- okay, yeah, no, right. it's a Christian thing. Like there was a parable that Jesus told about a mustard seed. I... I don't know what the parable was or what the message mm-hmm. of it was because it's been a long time since I was prepared for my confirmation. <laughs> Fair enough. And that's the last time I paid attention to it. I only know that Griffin McElroy likes to make jokes about mustard seed faith and that's where I know the phrase from. <laughs> that's valid. That seems so specific. <laughs> okay. I mean, how else are you meant to get your like re- religious knowledge except for the McElroys? Yeah, Exactly. Is mustard seed faith a good thing or a bad thing or a what? Is it uh, I th- it's a good thing. I think it's okay. a good thing. Okay. I, presumably if it was a bad thing, you wouldn't go around with merchandise of it. Like, oh. I have the least faith ever. Okay, right. Okay, right. So the mustard seed is really small, but inside it, there's totes a whole mustard tree. And if you fry it in oil, it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> it is like the faith is like the grain of a mustard seed which a man took and put in his own garden it grew and became a large tree and the birds of the sky lodged in its branches so basically like from tiny little things greater things can come Fair and enough. somehow that's faith and not a broader metaphor about small things making a difference sure but can I emphasise that they do explode and you should put a lid on <laughs> that's really good to know I'm not like cool enough to cook with seeds I just buy like pre-made condiment mixes and spice powders. God, you're so mainstream, Ethan. <laughs> yeah. I am very mainstream. Hey, look, I look at it as a step up because I was raised on, like, jarred sauces and soup made from a packet of powder. I still use those. Um, Actually, uh, oxtail <laughs> soup powder uh, makes for a lovely beef stew. Oh. So, yes, Richard Spear has debunked the uh, the good, the bad luck necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mariana's starting to put two and two together. Yes, she realises that it's a bit odd that Koki referred to it as a bad luck necklace when those aren't a thing, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she remembers the whole thing about how Koki's friend Grace has a giant crush on Logan. And she's cracked the case. Grace Um, Bloom is going to come in to steal your boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Or just be really mean to you because she can't. To attempt to. In, in a, the most convoluted way possible, but okay. Yes, yes this is really convoluted. Uh, so she rings Christy up and, and tells Christy what's going on. And Christy instantly responds with an elaborate plan because yes. Christy's going to Christy. Christy. <laughs> so they meet at the graveyard with a bunch of sheets and masks and flashlights and strings and things. Um, and they crucially get there early ahead of when they were supposed to meet. Mm-hmm. Whoever sent the letter, which is obviously Koki and Grace. Um, and yeah, there, there's a weird little bit where Marianne says it was hard not to tell Logan what was going on because she normally tells him everything. And then Claudia, like, wistfully goes, Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Claudia, I, I guess Claudia is like hankering for some romance or something. Like, Yeah, it's- I get the impression, <laughs> and it's, which is weird because normally she's just like, whatever boy she happens to have a crush on this week. Yeah. Um, so I, I assume mm. this is like setting up for, I think the book after next is a Claudia book. So uh, okay. maybe uh, yeah. some more of that. Maybe it's like, yeah, Claudia is definitely 
she's she's giving a lot of boys a trial. Like she's brought Austin Bentley, yeah. the man of two cars, to the dance. <laughs> yes. um, but he's clearly just like yeah, he shows up in a suit and people comment that he looks ridiculous. Yes. Um, I mean she she has kind of explicitly said that like, you know, she's not that into him. Yes. yes. And she like, used to have a huge crush on him, but now she doesn't. She's yeah, and Trevor Sanborn is dating his own poetry. <laughs> um, yes. Just... Oh, best burn in the book. I know. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I, yeah, I look forward I, I, I to guess... seeing where this goes. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's setting up something, but I can't remember what. Um, but yes, she clearly feels Stony Brook Middle School is not offering enough romantic potential. It, that is also a mood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, yes. Then Mallory comes up with a problem, uh, which is that she and her brothers and sisters always have to hold their breath when they pass a graveyard so that they don't get possessed by breathing in the souls of dead people. Um, but she's a bit worried because they're going to be spending like an hour in the graveyard and she can't hold her breath for more than a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. A couple of minutes is too long, Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, she said he once parked in front of a graveyard to mail a letter and everybody nearly turned blue and passed out waiting for him. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, the Pikes are also a little bit prone to working each other up into an unnecessary yes. frenzy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're just a microclimate. <laughs> yes. I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, I have read Alan Martin's author's note at the back of this. Yeah, the breath thing, the graveyard was something that she and her sister used to believe. And her dad used to deliberately park in front of graveyards. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> When they went on trips, like he'd be like, "Oh, we'll pull in here and have a rest." <laughs> I mean, how did they think that funerals were conducted? I have no idea. That's I think the question. it's really weird. Like, I mean, you just have I'm to so- dash in and dig a little bit and then run out again so that you can breathe, and then the grave digger has to go back. Like, no. I remember as a kid uh, reading this and thinking. Oh, that's so stupid. Could you imagine thinking you had to hold your breath every time you passed a graveyard and then like getting on a bus and everyone on the bus blessing themselves as they passed a graveyard? So, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a real Irish thing. And sometimes ambulances and also churches. I also thought for a long time that it was that they were blessing themselves every time the bus rattled a lot because they were afraid that the bus was about to like fall apart um and then eventually i asked them like why do old ladies always bless themselves all the time on the bus like are they really that scared that the bus is defective and she's like what are you talking no it's the churches it's every time you pass a church church or a graveyard or a hearse or an ambulance yes the only one of them that i'm like i wish i had like something like I, I, I'm an atheist. I'd like to be able to do something to indicate that I wish the person in the ambulance well. <laughs> Salute. Yeah. Salute them. <laughs> kind of look out the window with a sort of a nervous look and a, a kind of a hesitant thumbs up, like, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> that feels just counterproductive. Feels, yeah, I was going to say, like, let off a party popper as a gesture of goodwill. That could be really counterproductive. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a heart attack. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think you should do this, but the, the mental image of you doing it. <laughs> 
is entertaining me so much right now. Also, the fact that like 50% of the time, party poppers don't go off. And this is just a terrible anticlimax. And then you, you, you sneak it into your handbag and then it goes off and you're just sitting there covered in like confetti and trying to pretend nothing has happened. You don't understand. This is ambulance cheering confetti. <laughs> uh, can you just please leave the bus now? <laughs> And that's how I got banned from Dublin bus. I don't remember. <laughs> but anyway. It takes it. quite a lot to get banned from Dublin yeah. bus. Um, okay, so they're still like malingering outside the graveyard. <laughs> yeah. And Charlie is hanging out doing whatever 17 year olds do on Halloween night when they're stuck in a car. No, he's not. That's the problem. He's not. I mean, like that would imply that he had another 17 year old in there with him. Yeah. Do you know what's really sad? Mm. He can't even be texting to pass the time. I know. What the? What did you <gasps> do? Doing? Or like watching his friends on Instagram Live having a better time than him? Like oh, he literally I... doesn't know what he's missing. The only possible answer is that he's listening to the radio and being sneaked up on by a serial killer. We can hope. That's what American media tells me is what happens when you sit in a car in this per- in this yeah. time period. Yeah, hand door, hand hook, car door. Exactly. I was about to say that. Yes. <laughs> so there's a way more exciting ghost story happening oh, <laughs> while the girls are fucking <laughs> around. Charlie, in the while the girls are fucking around with masks and flashlights. Yeah. <laughs> so they go into the graveyard and they get set up. Yes, um, they they rig up some ghosts with sheets, and it works perfectly. Yeah. There are yeah. no technical malfunctions whatsoever. I, yeah, I feel like this gave me an unrealistic expectation for how like <laughs> theatrical prop based pranks would go. A like, few episodes back, you were like, Enid Blyton novels gave you like a, a, a misapprehension of how easy it was to achieve pranks. Prankitude, with yes. minimal. Yeah, including props. with with just like a roll of yes, black it's always thread. a roll of black cotton. <laughs> yeah, um, this, I feel, yeah, it absolutely has to have been part of that whole thing. Yes, definitely. They ring up ghosts hanging in trees and like Christy's in a tree and there's there's light effects and everything. And it's very elaborate and unrehearsed. And, and it I'm all goes it. without a hitch. Perfectly. Yes. And Koki and Grace, when they turn up, almost shit themselves. <laughs> it's oh, importantly, they bring some of their unnamed extras Yes. Buddies yeah. along so that, um, other people from the school, like disinterested parties can witness their humiliation yes. and carry the story back to the school, which is the important aspect of this because nobody is recording this for Instagram live. <laughs> I know. Because it's the olden days. Mm-hmm. And, and also the babysitters club terrifying murder cult literally surround them and won't <laughs> let them leave, which. Yes. <laughs> again, this is like Christy. This is dark, Christy. Uh, it's kind of like, yes. you know that Mitchell and Webb sketch of, are we the baddies? Yes. <laughs> At what point have we become the thing that we were fighting against? Yeah. <laughs> when there was seven of you, I think. <laughs> um, and Logan shows up. Yes. Um, because it's also very important that he sees this whole, um, uh, the climax of this whole scene go down. Uh, because I think Koki and Grace were, it's revealed that like one of them, I forget which was, had a crush on Logan and Grace. wanted, okay, yeah, sorry, um, uh, wanted her to 
um, wanted him to wanted see the whole... basically him see the Babysitter's Club and his girlfriend get humiliated so that he would then dump Marianne because that's what happens when you see someone play a prank on someone you fancy. Mm-hmm. You immediately stop being attracted to them. <laughs> Yeah. And start being attracted to the person And who... start being attracted to the person who played the prank because pranks are just so sexy. It was so sexy the way you gaslit my girlfriend. <laughs> yes, who I haven't established like fondness for. Yes. Unlike you, random person. It's an extremely bad plan to steal Marianne's man. Um, <laughs> so. Not that surprising that it does not work. Yes, they have phoned Logan anonymously and told him to go to the graveyard at midnight. So he just saunters along, which like so he does like, like cool, which is I'm bizarre. Just do that, yeah. Like if if you have a thirteen year old kid and you're in a new town and he tells you he's going out at midnight for undisclosed reasons, like I have some questions about the Brunos and their parenting. <laughs> Maybe he actually sneaked out. Maybe in my like, version of events, the Brunos were like, "Sure, but we'll like." We'll come too. We'll just hang back so we're not embarrassing you. So they're beavising and buttheading it behind like a bush going, uh, uh, while he's like out there. Maybe them and Charlie are like sharing a cigarette. (laughs) And like judging the middle school drama real hard. Or (laughs) yes. And yeah. um, So can I, yeah. Koki and Grace um, at the dance were actually dressed as punks. Yes. yes. In apparently very good punk rock costumes, but that morphed them like just inescapably in my head into kind of cartoon characters that looked like they were out of gem or something like that. <laughs> I think Gravity Falls is also to blame for this because they have a similar kind of concept oh, yes. going on in Mabel's imaginary. Zyler and I can't yeah. remember the other guy. <laughs> exactly. That, that kind of thing. So like, I'm just picturing this pair of like 80s cartoon punks. Yeah, and they're wearing kiss style makeup all the time in school. Um, and they're hanging around with all these real people. I don't know how it works, but like that's just how they look in my head. Look, if Christy eventually ends up dating Bart Simpson in my head, Koki and Grace can be from Gem and the Holograms for sure. Okay. Yeah. It works. So yeah, uh Logan is not swept off his feet by this attempt to make Marianne look bad. Um, yeah, she was hoping he would get tired of her drama, which, I mean, we got tired of her drama, but <laughs> Logan is made of sterner stuff. Also, horrifyingly, uh, Grace complains that he spends all his time with Marianne at the Babysitter's Club and that there are other girls at the school as well. And Logan says, of course I know, I'm not blind. And when I see anyone I like as much as Marianne and her friends, maybe I'll do something. But right now, Marianne is my dot, dot, dot. Now Logan and I were blushing. I think he wanted to say girlfriend. So did he just literally announce that he's still keeping an eye out for a better prospect? And will dump Marianne yeah. as soon as he sees one. I mean, I don't think we're supposed to interpret it that way, but that is literally what he said. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really having trouble figuring out how we are supposed to interpret that. I, I think it's just meant to be a glib sort of a smart arse response and not to be taken literally. Is it like... A poor phrasing of, yeah, I'm aware that you exist. That's not why I'm not interested in you. <laughs> I think so. I think, yeah, it might be meant to be like, y- yeah, I mean, I'm aware the girls exist. You have come to my attention before. 
Thanks. But, I'll call you. <laughs> yeah, but no, but yeah, as soon as anyone at this shithole of a middle school seems mm. to be anywhere near as good as Marianne, I'll start dating them, which will be never. I, I, I kind of believe that as like a teen boy being all like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> lay a burn on this person, but yeah. maybe it's not gonna come out exactly the way that, also I now have to announce that she's my girlfriend in front of all these people and the dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who disappointingly fails to show. Tragically ghostless. He's just, you know, eating popcorn behind his gravestone. <laughs> like, hey, it's exciting. I mean, it's probably the most excitement he's had in years. Yeah, exactly. He lives for middle school drama. <laughs> Good, because um, Anna Martin's outro was like, this is the first time we hang out at Old Hickory's grave. And I was like, oh God, okay. <laughs> There's going to be more. Cool. <laughs> I'm kind of excited to be honest. So well, now that she's established it, why not use it? Yeah, I mean, clearly exactly. the the supernatural stuff is the best. Yes, like yes, <laughs> it's just far more fun. So than- like, yeah, you you can't waste a perfectly good like angry colonial ghost. <laughs> so they go back to Christie's and have a big party in Watson's mansion. Uh, which is so fancy that they own eight sleeping bags for guests. So the girls <laughs> didn't have to bring their sleeping bags, which is a weird detail. It reminds me of Watson owning four toaster ovens. How many toaster ovens? I, I had thought the implication was there were so many people in that house, they have eight sleeping bags for. I'd, Maybe, like, but... Yeah. We always had loads of sleeping bags in our house. I'm never sure why, but we did. It was really handy. It's a blended family and they all brought their sleeping bags That's together. Apparently they're all real into camping. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Marianne decides that she's going to keep the mustard seed necklace because it's a symbol of her faith in Logan and his faith in her. And I mean, Jesus would disagree, but fine. Yeah, I feel like that's... That's that's not what that's meant to mean, Marianne. Jesus is all like, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> exactly. Yiddish Jesus. Well, I specifically went and told this story. I mean, weren't you listening? I was not talking about your middle school boyfriend. (laughs) And Marianne's like, Jesus, look, I really like you, but I'm not ready to commit. (laughs) I'm just going to go steady with Logan for another 20 years. I know my dad is really into you, but like, (laughs) I can't let him decide everything for (laughs) So I'll decide, I'll let you know when I decide between you and Logan, but for the time being, it's Logan. (laughs) So Marianne has recommitted to her personal relationship with Logan Christ. It's all fine. Even if he won't go into a fabric shop without supervision, he's her guy. Jesus is like, I'd I'd buy the fake fur. (laughs) I'd go into Joanne's, Marianne. (laughs) My masculinity isn't fragile. (laughs) (gasps) But he is awful, feeling awfully threatened by a 13 year old boy right now, so. (laughs) Actually, I think Jesus has more of a, like, enduring relationship with Hobby Lobby. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (sighs) So, Jessie, again, cementing her position as, like, the most sensible babysitter, um, (laughs) points out the massive plot hole. Which is that Koki and Grace have convincingly argued that they didn't send the original chain letter and genuinely don't seem to have any idea about it. Uh, so they still don't know uh, who sent the original letter. And then they wonder if the whole business with the bad luck necklace 
was actually the bad luck caused by the chain letter. And therefore, yet again, the paranormal is real. Mm-hmm. And yet again, they decide they don't really care that much. The bad luck seems to be changing. Uh, Claudia's doing better at school. Uh, Stacy sorted out the paperweight situation in New York. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes terrifying chain letters come at you from like an amorphous evil force. And that's just what happens. And you just have to wait it out. Or someone's cousin or that pen pal you had when you were seven and you forgot about. Like, I feel like other books in the series are better at, like, the, ooh, but the paranormal is real kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, I think Anna and Martin had to walk a line between, ooh, but the paranormal is real, and I don't want to actually tell 11-year-olds to be afraid of chain letters. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then Marianne breaks a mirror, and it totally ends on a freeze frame. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like, you can just picture it. Yeah, well, I mean, Claudia is about to get real mad because she just broke her mirror. <laughs> like in her powder yeah, yes. for her. So yeah, so that's that's the book. Uh, our life lessons again are the paranormal is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no such thing as bad luck. It's just Jackie Rodowski. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, maybe Jackie Rodowski just kind of manifested the chain letter. <laughs> yeah, seems legit. Jackie Radowski is also climate change. He's just, you know, <laughs> he's the the badness in the world. He, he's he means well, but uh, Jackie yes. Radowski caused the COVID. <laughs> oh, poor Jackie. But yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically it. And our other life lesson is like try and not get sucked into a terrifying murder cult led by the world's most intimidating thirteen year old. Yeah, just yeah. Every other part of this book is believable, except the bit where the pranks <laughs> all work. But we'll just gloss over that. Um, but the terrifying murder cult is the bit that I have the, the problem with. I think I've been increasingly like losing my patience <laughs> with Christy over the last few books. Um, yeah. And possibly this is because she's been just turning oh. from a, a slightly sort of bossy 13-year-old, 12-year-old into like a deranged Jim Jones figure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you just, you can't have your characters like morph into lunatics for the, just for one book when you have so many other books in which they're kind of normal people. <laughs> oh, can't I? Says Adam Martin and keeps writing this series. That's true. And I bought this at least twice in my lifetime. Maybe I'll buy it again when I'm in my 60s. Who knows? Three grandmothers look back on the babysitter's club. <laughs> no, what we'll do then is we'll listen to the old podcast episodes yes. and then we'll make fun of them. <laughs> we'll be like, oh, we weren't woke at all. <laughs> and then we yeah. carefully scrub it from all of our like archived hard drives. <laughs> like, the podcast never happened. <laughs> yes. yes. I, to be honest, I'm kind of entertained by the horror that is Christy. Like, I, I'm just kind of <laughs> chuckling evilly every time she does her thing. I, I'm very amused by how terrified they all are of her. I yeah. really am. Like, and I absolutely love that Jessie just has no time for her. And Marianne's inner monologue as well is a bit sceptical of the whole Christy yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> the pencils. <laughs> also, there is the fact that these girls love the drama. Mm-hmm. And Christy yes. is facilitating the drama. 
That is a case, though. I think there might be an element of they're going along with, oh, Christy made us do this because it's more mm-hmm. fun than just ignoring it and going home. It's, yes. It's like Stacy wearing the sandwich board, even yeah. though really she should rather die than doing it. She's like, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wear the sandwich board and, <laughs> yeah. and roll with it. So I think the other uh, lesson of this is that mass hysteria is a force to be reckoned with particularly among teen girls. I mean, yes. that is actually literally true. Like, yep. <laughs> mass yeah. hysteria is poorly understood as a phenomenon. Um, but it doesn't necessarily just, like, <laughs> this is a very small pocket of it. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is a pretty believable manifestation of... Groupthink. It's thrilling to believe this terrifying thing and we're all going to encourage each other on this until we take it to ridiculous fucking lengths. <laughs> yes. And I like it. And we get to have a great big cathartic scene in a graveyard where we scare the shit out of some people we don't like. Yes. They get humiliated in front of their crush I they try to steal. I think that's why I read this book a lot. I think I enjoyed <laughs> all this stuff. It's good fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I'm it's not a good sure one. why it was so forgettable for me. I think probably because a large part of the motivations and stuff of the plot were to do with uh, boyfriends and girlfriends and I wasn't mm. interested. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Yeah. I guess. I just thought they were all being stupid. Yes. I was a judgmental 11-year-old. <laughs> You're a judgmental 36-year-old. I'm 37, I'll have you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're we're all judgmental, or we wouldn't be here. Yeah, and uh-huh. <laughs> um, you're. Yeah, I mean, there are books where they're the motivation, like they're the <laughs> Stacy's in LUV type motivation <laughs> yeah. is more embarrassing. But like, yeah, I suppose the kind of ground truth of this is that Marianne is being targeted because she has a boyfriend who is coveted by other yeah. people who don't really know him either. They just. Object to Marianne. But he looks like Cam Geary, so. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want that? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think the difference between, um, yeah, Stacey plus Scott equals LUV, and this one is, that was just cringy. Even, even at 11, Mm. I couldn't bear to watch Stacey make an idiot of herself over and over. But with this one, I think it was just more like, I mentally skipped over the motivations of anyone for doing this mm-hmm. and kind of got mildly irritated at the Babysitter's Club for like not just going, well, that's obviously fake and moving on with their lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think um, I think at this age, it's easier to have a bit of distance and just sort of enjoy yeah. the story for what it is. A fun tale of girls being ridiculous. Yeah, mm-hmm. This was actually pretty good. Like I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I had a good read. Like, I was like, oh, ooh, interesting. And I was having a lot of fun. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. more fun than yeah. after the last couple, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. It is more fun. Yeah, but well, then I think the last couple stretch. were very patronizing attempts at issue educating books. issue books. Yeah. yeah, the only thing that this is like, is like you know, chain letters are actually it's a bit. The jury is still out on chain letters. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I don't think it's really clear enough on the fact that no chain letters aren't a thing. Just throw them in the bin. <laughs> well, yeah, like she doesn't really. She introduces paranormal plots, and she doesn't really want to completely shut them down, which yeah. is understandable. I like, love that. You like yeah. that possibility. Yeah, but you shouldn't for chain letters. Like, it's not like, ooh, maybe it's haunted. It's like a real thing that people do. And like, yeah, you should you should shut that one down. I'm sure a lot of 13-year-olds got very overexcited as a result of this. To be fair, they probably had great crack writing letters to 20 people. 
I was going to say, can we talk about clothes? But did you have something you wanted to say, Karen? Uh, oh, well, so just the whole thing about um, everyone is bad at pattern recognition and at realizing that something that seems like the world's most significant coincidence is actually just like all the other coincidences that you didn't notice. Um, and that's specifically what's happening in this book. This is absolutely there. Um, and you can see that especially at the start of it when they're all or towards the middle where they're all listing any negative thing that's happened to yeah. them in the last week and assuming that yeah. it's, well, obviously that's a pattern. It's like, well, no. no, at least one bad thing will happen to you in any given week. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, you're just naming it now and assuming it's because of this. And that's quite funny when you're reading it as a 35 year old. Yeah. But it's not at all clear when you're reading it <laughs> no, as a 12 no. year old. <laughs> No. I suppose it would have been better if a statistician had come in and sat down with them and talked them through. <laughs> oh yeah, all books are improved by a statistician <laughs> info dumping halfway through to debunk the premise of the narrative. I mean, yes. I mean, <laughs> that's what this series needs. Yeah. And this is why you went into academia and I didn't. <laughs> this is also why my series of YA novels has failed to take off. <laughs> Kids these days just don't appreciate statistics like we used to. It's the four chapters of heavy stats in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alongside the introduction and the outfits. Um I can I just say this is this is why QAnon exists so as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. uh but anyway, sorry. Plus we were... some other stuff, but yeah. Anyway, we're not a conspiracy theory debunking blog. We are going to talk about outfits. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are a It's not a blog, it's a podcast. Wordsworth Classic Beef Podcast. <laughs> yeah, we are. Fuck Wordsworth Classics. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's some other people we've called out. I need to start writing it down. <laughs> Keep track of who all our enemies are. If only they'd, like, get angry with us. None of them have noticed yet. I know. It's so annoying. <laughs> so Claudia is wearing an absolutely just delightful yes. outfit, uh, which Marianne describes as her vegetable blouse. <laughs> Because a vegetable blouse is a thing. Uh, an oversized white shirt with a green vegetable print all over it. Cabbages and squashes and turnips and stuff. Under the blouse was a very short jean skirt, white stockings, green anklets over the stockings and lavender sneakers, the kind boys usually wear with a lot of rubber and big laces and the name of the manufacturer in huge letters on the side. Wait, I'm not done, says Marianne. Claudia had pulled the hair on one side of her head back with a yellow clip that looked like a poodle awesome and I want it. The hair on the other side of her head was hanging in her face. Attached to the one ear you could see was a plastic earring about the size of a jar lid. I, is it bad that I kind of want a vegetable blouse? No, that's that's a great print. No, I can picture cool. that. That's like a, yeah. a vintage scrapbook paper print. Yeah, you yeah. Or a dress, like carousel, yes. which is a very fun shop in Dublin. It would sell a dress mm, that yes. had the vegetable print on it. Yeah. Um, yes. And also, I think she's wearing cons. I think a lot of rubber and big laces it might be like Reeboks, like big, chunky. Yeah, not cons, I think, no, because that will be... I guess I I think cons would go much better with this. I, and I would I would wear this. <laughs> yes. Oh, they would. I think the sneakers sound hideous and ruin the outfit, but I don't think they're cons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm picturing like big, chunky things the size of your head. Um, I'll, I'll Google a picture. Yes. Do you remember in about 1990 when everyone just thought that runner boots were very cool? I think 
this could actually be a trend I missed on missed out on. Okay, well, about 1990, everyone was totally uh, that the cool shoes when you were seven in 1990 were runner boots or high tops, as other people call them. <laughs> I I know of high tops. <laughs> Chunky high tops, in fact, were cool. And okay. uh, we all we all in in my primary school, we we just universally refer to them as runner boots. That's exactly what I'm picturing. Hold on. I'm sending you a horrifying photo. That would make sense if they occurred in... Chunky high top. If they happened in America in 1989, then yes, it would definitely be at least a year later that it cropped up in Ireland. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. So not cutting edge. Well, not, for, not just Ireland, uh, but like, you know, first class in a primary school in a small village. Okay. <laughs> so a <laughs> couple years behind the trends, very likely. We were seven <laughs> and rural. We're very stylish seven-year-olds then. I'm, I'm sure we were in our runner boots. Yeah. Save file as bad shoe. <laughs> God, yeah, they really are hideous. See, it's a bad that I kind of like them. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, I love chunky sneakers. I mean, I don't care for the colour scheme. Oh. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, boy. That looks like something that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would wear. um, Yeah. If they had the appropriate kind of feet. Yes, you understand. (laughs) Yeah, so that's what I'm picturing. And I, yeah... I'm on board for the vegetable blouse, but she loses me at the shoes. Um, I think we can just, you know, when we wear this outfit, we'll wear Converse. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, we've gone through their their alarming Halloween costumes. Uh, Claudia's wild floral outfit, gigantic hair dip and armloaded silver bangle bracelets, (laughs) which Marianne says most people would consider this a costume, but not Claudia. Mm. (laughs) It's just... Kind of savage. And yes, Austin in his suit and tie looks more like her dad than her date, which, ouch. <laughs> ouch. Do you remember there was a party at Moira's house in fourth year where a couple of the lads showed up in suits and we were like, oh, they're so sharp looking. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was when like Andy Williams and Frank Sinatra and stuff br- like briefly came back into fashion. Oh, yeah. And a bunch oh. of the lads in our year got really into them. And then they decided to all wear suits to this party um, <laughs> nice. and pretty cool actually at the time we thought they looked very very sharp and then like a few years ago I turned up a couple of photos where he was like none of those suits fit them at all <laughs> they got they were all their dad suits and they were 16 <laughs> yeah oh that's Aww. adorable though I mean if you're going to go through a weird fashion fad like aping Frank Sinatra is something that at least is going to wind up being fashionable again in a few yeah, years time so uh, you know I think I'll, I got through all my notes yeah me too I think yeah me too uh, I think I, I I picked out the um the sentence the triplets like to tease but they're basically good kids and I wrote are they though yeah seriously uh, I, I mean this is one of those things that you say about your characters but you haven't established no <laughs> yeah show don't tell <laughs> yes exactly they are little shits. Uh, yeah. Yes. And yeah, Charlie's complete lack of commenting on the ridiculous plan indicates that I was in, in fact correct about the weed stash. I will. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, she has dirt on him. There is no other explanation. This yeah. is a hill that I'm prepared to die on. <laughs> Quite rightly. Are your cats opening the door on you again? No, I just got a weird draft. <laughs> it's kind of cold <laughs> up here. Your house is haunted by old man Hickory. 
It's an unseen power master. Is power master a word? No. I've never heard the word power master. I, if it no. is, it's for um some kind of domestic appliance. Possibly or exercise equipment. <laughs> yes. Yes, actually. <laughs> or, or, or else it's, it's like the self-chosen fucking username of someone on a BDSM forum. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, that is for sure, but I absolutely am... <laughs> dead at the thought of a house being haunted by like the ghost of an exercise bike (laughs) sometimes we wake up and we can just hear cycling (laughs) from the spare room and we don't go and look (laughs) someone's playing dance music in there (laughs) it's none of our business we can smell sweat (laughs) All right, I think all we need is a punchy sign-off. And I'm kind of tempted to go with I've never driven anywhere with cat people in the back seat. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, but I mainly just wanted to antagonize Karen. <laughs> no, I think we should keep it. How about, um, I guess it's hard not to see patterns everywhere because it's what we're sort of programmed to do, but try and have just... A sensible friend who helps you recognize that you're just kind of jumping at shadows. And also, and this is the most important part. Fuck Wordsworth Classics. It's just occurred to me in the last few minutes that that's probably poop.